Welcome to another episode of the Like a TIS podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jai Shields, and joining me to co-host the entire show on a Christmas episode of the Like a TIS podcast, my main man, Brendan E. Dillon, fan and friend of the show. Brendan, how are you today, pal? Okay? Doing fine, Jai. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. Uh, football, it's Christmas time. Football, NFL season come down the stretch. We got bowl games and such. Yes, sir. It's an exciting time to be a sports fan, if I do say so myself. Football's getting really into action now. Bowl games and then, you know, start the playoffs soon. Exciting. Don't fall, Jai. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm just trying to readjust myself in my seat. Uh, but, yeah, it is awfully exciting, uh, if, especially if you're a football fan. And then, of course, if you're a... Fan of the winter sports, you got hockey and uh, and basketball as well. Yes, really. Uh, but let's get to the most important sport right now, and that is the events is occurring in the National Football League. As uh, let's first of all start with this. We'll do Raiders. T- I give you my thoughts on the Raiders last game in Oakland. Well, me and Bernie give our thoughts on the Raiders last game in Oakland. Yeah. Touch on the Rams getting their high parts whooped by the Cowboys last week. Give you the scenarios that exist for the NFC playoffs. Recap the two Saturday games that was played between the Bills and the Patriots and Texans and Buccaneers. Preview Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys and Eagles, Saints and Titans. The Monday Night Football finale between the Packers and the Vikings. I give my thought. I'll ask the question: Why in the world did Megan Rapinoe win Sports Illustrated Sports Person of the Year over Tiger Woods, who I think was more deserving of the award? If we're re- if we're really talking about sports, it should have went to Tiger Woods. Uh, and I can't stand that dopey song. All I want for uh, I've had enough. I give you my thoughts on that to close out the to close out the program. Okay. Then. And I'll give you my uh, week sixteen picks. But uh, first things first, the uh, Oakland Raiders, who have been a staple in Oakland and L.A. since the franchise's beginning in nineteen was it nineteen sixty back in the nineteen sixties. Uh, 1960, actually. Yeah, I got it right. 1960, when they were part of the original AFL. And they've been back and forth between o- between Oakland, Los Angeles, and then back in Oakland. Yep. They played their final game uh, ever in the Los Angeles Memorial... Not the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, but the uh, Oakland Alameda Coliseum uh, on Sunday, losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars by the final score of 20 to 16. And uh and listen, the Raiders lost four straight games, started the season 6 and 4, really looked like they had a chance to uh get this be in the mix there at this time of the year, be in the mix for the 6th seed in the AFC playoff picture. But they I mean, it's gone downhill since that uh since they got whooped by the Jets uh back in November when they lost by 30 points and they couldn't <laughs> do any and they couldn't do anything right. Uh let me just say this. It absolutely sucks that it is. It's not only does it suck, it's an absolute disgrace and a travesty 
that the Oakland Raiders are leaving Los or excuse me, are leaving Oakland for Las Vegas. That is an absolute disgrace. That Mark Davis, the clown that he is, I mean, I mean, if he just looks like a freaking looks like a freaking clown with that dopey, stupid haircut he has on top of his. I mean, um, and it's not just him. It's it's uh, it's Ursay, it's Cronky, it's Spanos, it's these all these owners that sit up there, hold DCs for hostage, cities that that have their that have their citizens sell out ballparks, you know, contribute. Can, can and, and well, Dan Snyder hasn't moved. He's a temple owner, but he has, hasn't moved. But he's right. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been. Besides, he's been. Lo- Snyder's also pretty bad. Right. He, right. He's 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 terrible. But he's been he's been loyal to the city. But um. But it's it's it just it's an absolute disgrace that Mark Davis is is moving the city. I mean, if Oakland and Los Angeles, those two cities. Believe the silver and black. Those are where Raider Nation is. Los Angeles and Oakland. Those two cities. If you were going to move the Raiders out of Oakland, you move them to Los Angeles, where they already have a history there and already have a fan base. There are two teams. But the <laughs> fact, but the fact that the Chargers in there that were only, that were there for one year back in the early 1960s were in San Diego for all those years, and and the fact that Dean Spano spat, urinated, and totally disrespected. And pissed off the San Diego the San Diegoans and moved them to Los Angeles is is an absolute joke and absolute disgrace. And he deserves everything he gets for the fact that he can't even get Chargers fans to come out and sell out a thirty thousand seat soccer stadium. He deserves everything he gets. Everything. The place was Vikings on Sunday. Vikings, and don't sit up here telling me well the team stinks. Nah, nah. the team they they went eleven and five, had the fifth seed in the AFC playoffs last year, and they still couldn't couldn't sell him out worth of Chiefs or excuse me worth the Chargers fans. He deserves everything he gets, and when the whole stadium is you know painted, well the Chiefs for example is painted uh, yellow and white. For the Chiefs when they move into Cronky. By the way, that that's not Spanos's building. He he he's rent he's renting it. He's pay, he has to pay the lease. He has to pay the rent to Cronky because it's his building. He owns it, so he, he has to pay money to Cronky. So let me get this straight. He sabotaged and he spit on the San Diego and the San Diego whatever the San Diegans whatever the hell they are, and. Move them to Los Angeles, where they can't sell out a seat full of charge. You can't sell out a stadium full of Chargers fans. The life depended on it, and they're going to be paying rent to Cronky. It's bad. It's really that, bad. That is a that is a joke. Cronky doesn't take as bad as a hit because he at least had the common sense to say, "Well, I'm not going to move the the St. Louis Rams from St. Louis to you know." Portland, Oregon, or no or or uh, or um, uh, or Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or yeah. San Diego, or, or excuse me, or San Antonio, Texas. He 
Clarky at least had a wherewithal and a common sense to say, well, if we're moving the Rams out of St. Louis, we'll we'll put them back oh. at their at their original location back in L.A. Yeah. Now, granted, they now they haven't now L.A. They've had some issues in the past as far as attracting Rams fans to their games, but it's nowhere near as bad as the Chargers. Rams fans can sell out a 30,000-seat soccer stadium, and there's actually a decent amount of Ram fans in Los Angeles. There are no Rams fans in L.A., and the Chargers don't even play in L.A. They play in the L.A. suburb in Carson. You mean, you mean Chargers, but yes. The Chargers, yes, yeah. thank you. There's no, there's no Chargers fans in L.A., and um, you can see that any time that you watch any of their games when they're... Uh, when you when you see their stadium completely filled up with the opposing team's uh, fans, and it's embarrassing. It's totally probably one of the worst executive decisions Dean Spanos could have made for um their team. But let's stop getting off track here. We need to talk about the Raiders' last game. And right, points. I'm getting off point. But my point is is that Davis should be ashamed of himself. What? Please give me give me a spreadsheet. Give me a graph. Give me a sir. Give me something that proves that there are Raiders fans in Los Angeles. Go ahead. Uh, I think that there is Raiders fans in Los Angeles, but I don't think there's Raiders fans in um, Las Vegas. I think that there is. In Lo- would I say Los Angeles? I meant Los I meant Angeles. Las Vegas. I'm it's sorry. It's completely fine. Freudian slip. Yeah, in Las Vegas, um, not really a sports city. Only became a sports city after for the gambling. You only well yeah for the gambling it's become a sports city but it's not really sports and they have the Golden Knights the which Golden is Knights. a new which is a new but that's team. but that's, that's an original team that the city of Las yes. Vegas can totally. attach themselves to you know the Golden Knights didn't you know they, it was it's not like the uh, Anaheim Ducks moving yeah. from Anaheim to to Vegas this is almost like a political move and they're trying to get like reputation built up because they feel like they're dying in the market that they're in right now because in their market right now is. There's already the Chargers, and there is the uh, Los Angeles Rams. And so basically the Raiders are in this kind of situation where there's three teams extremely close to each other, and there's not enough interest for them to really be getting all the people in, even the diehard um, Raiders fans. And, like, they haven't been very good. They have a history of being bad under Mark Davis to begin with. I, they, they've been horrific exactly. under Mark Davis. And, and, and so, like, the fans' base has already kind of withered and died. Their their whole entire shtick right now in trying to survive in that climate was always um, something along publicity stunts like, I don't know, uh, Marshawn Lynch, for example, because he was always a really diehard Raiders fan. Or, like, Derek Carr being talked of as something amazing when he kind of is semi-decent. But the thing is, um, they're not that great. They really aren't that great, and that's the reason why they've made this move, because they see money in Las Vegas. Now, what they are And that's all they see. That's all these (laughs) greedy, pathetic, lifeless, spineless, soulless NFL owners see is money. That's all they care about. They could give a crap about us, the fans. They could give a crap about the players. They could give a... All they care about is the money that's in their pocket and in their wallet. Now the Raiders and Davis, they'll make plenty of money, you know. Yeah. Fans, you know, Broncos, Chargers, and Chiefs fans will go out and will make a weekend going out to Vegas 
for the Chris, for you know, for the Christmas holiday. Yeah. We'll go out and you know in September and October to you know to go see the Vaders the, the Vaders <laughs> to go see the Raiders in Vegas. So they'll make money. The problem is that you will see a minute and I and when I say minute, small. minute, small size of Raiders fans yeah. in that building. They may sell they may sell out the place, but. So so next year, for example, who do the if and if you could if you could look up. Yeah. Matter of fact, you don't have to look it up. I can pull it up here on my. I got the NFL, uh, uh, 2019 NFL record and fact book. Yeah, he's gonna take a little while. So I'm gonna add. You know, I can talk my way through this as I'm looking, but I can look and see who the who the who the Raiders will play. Uh, will play in 2020. So, Vegas. Okay, so here's who they'll play at home next year. This isn't any particular order, but this is just the teams. They'll play the Bills, the Dolphins, the Saints, the Buccaneers, and the AFC South. So, Colts, Texans, Titans, Jaguars. So, you know, if a Buffalo Bills fan wants to, you know, beat a snowstorm coming in, and the, and the Bills are a good team and they should be very good next year. You know, if they want to, if they want to beat a snowstorm and get out of the cold, you know, they'll they'll take the family, take the friends, and take a flight and go over to Vegas. You know, if uh, you know Tampa, Bay, you know Tampa Bay want to beat a hurricane, they'll go hop on a flight and go to Vegas. Either. So they'll sell, they'll make money. The problem is there will be no, there'll be little to no Raiders fans in the building. It'll be filled, it'll be filled with fans from from the opposite from the opposite team. And Vegas is a transplant city anyway because you got play, because you got people coming in from all out all across the United States of America that are from other cities that root for different teams. And e- and even if there were to be Raiders fans there, they're going to be fans from Oakland. Or from you know from California that live in Vegas. Yeah. Not you know not there there are no I can tell you this there are there are not going to be L A or excuse me Vegas uh, residents that have lived in Vegas their whole lives that are Oakland Raiders fans. No, no way. And it's it's it, it's, 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 it's it's funny because there's also not many Las Vegas there's not many Las Vegas um, residents in general. Las Vegas is not really. Place where a lot of people have residency. It's a place where people go to gamble, <laughs> exorbitant amounts of money to gamble. They, ga- they gamble. They golf. They, they gamble. They golf. They you know they they play a little tennis. You know or they you know they go hit up the uh, they go hit up the clubs. It's and, it's not. And, but the thing is, it's not a sports and, city. It's never been established. They, they go there. They go there and they leave. It's it's it's, it's, a, it's a tourist city. Right. It's a to- I I I've always said this. I would never ever ever in a million years want to live in Vegas. Never. Yeah. Now, now, granted, I'd never go hungry because you got Gordon Ramsay restaurants left and right everywhere you look. But I'd never want to live in Vegas. Never. <sighs> I, I live in Baltimore. We have a Gordon Ramsay restaurant here. That 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 one Gordon Ramsay restaurant is is uh, good enough. And it, and Gordon, if there's any chance you're listening to this show, I'd like to have you on it. And in exchange, I have you on the show. I get I get a VIP experience at your restaurant at the Horseshoe Casino. And have you uh, serve me table side, uh, 
prime rib or filet mignon or uh, or your or your or your uh, world famous beef Wellington. Yeah, how how about you invite me too, Jack? Yeah, me, me and Brennan go, go down there, Horseshoe Casino, do a, do a show before <laughs> Ravens game, and have Gordon, you know, have Gordon on and and uh, cut us up some beef Wellington table side. We'll post on the Twitter and everything. That's going to feel. Any, but I feel yeah. terrible for the Oakland for the Oakland fans, just like how I st- just like how I feel absolutely horrible for the for the people in Baltimore that are old enough and that were around. When Robert Ursay, that fat, lying, disgusting, conniving, despicable drunk, lied to the city ad infinitum that he wasn't going to move the team. Meanwhile, he was having meetings in the background with people from Arizona, Indianapolis, and I believe Jacksonville was the other city, having interviews behind, you know, behind closed doors of of moving the Colts. And then instead of and instead of, instead of him, a la Cronky, a la Davis. Now I'm not giving Davis a pass or Cronky or I'm not giving them a pass under any circumstances. For, you know, moving the team is moving the team. But at least Cronky, Spanos, Davis, and um, and even go back with Art Modell with the Browns. Even they had the common courtesy and the human decency enough, and at least a lick of respect. For the public to inform them that they were going to move the team, instead of getting in a bunch of Mayflower trucks during a snowstorm. I remember the date, March thirtieth, two thirty. It was the twenty ninth or thirtieth. Brennan can look it up, but I think it was March thirtieth, nineteen eighty four, in the middle of a snowstorm, getting five Mayflower, getting five Mayflower trucks hauling up the Colts and and moving them out to town in the middle of the night. So, and and having and basically having w- William Donald Schaefer, who was the who was the mayor of Baltimore at the time, standing there on his on his front porch, getting interviewed, news cameras and media and everything else, literally sitting there the following morning in tears because the team had moved. And the, and this is and it's a little different now. Where the where the athlete has become so big that they're on that quote unquote celebrity status, you keep in mind the Baltimore Colts have been a, where they got started in 1953, and and we're in Baltimore for 31 seasons. And so and athletes back then are different than athletes now. Back then, a athletes weren't making as much money as they were as they were back then, and b they were a lot more personable. You know, if you you know if you were a person that lived you know in in you know in you know in Baltimore, not in this, not downtown Baltimore, lived in the you know lived in the Baltimore, whether it be Little Italy or or Brooklyn or over East West Baltimore or you know whatever you know pick, pick the location, and you know you walk down the street. And see, you know, Johnny Unitas and his family, or you, or you'd go over, to, or you'd go over to your local produce market, and you might run into Raymond Barry, or you know, you know, or or you might stop at a gas station, or or walk out of a movie theater with Gino with Gino Marchetti, you know, behind you, you know, and and they'd stop and say hi to you. And it 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 was almost as if like they were they were a lot more personable back then. You know, back in the back in the fifties and the sixties and even in the seventies, so it wasn't just the fact that their football, favorite football team was gone. It was neighborhood friends that they were so 
tightly close with and united with, no pun intended, that a friend was, was you know, that a friend was taken from you. And, you know, and, and the city of, and the Baltimore Colts were so close and were so joined at the hip, the city of Baltimore, it was if you if you weren't if you're not from here or if you don't have a sense or an idea you you wouldn't be able to understand how they the name of the team came from the fact that Baltimore which still does you know they got their deal done has the preakness stakes here so they named the football team after you know after a horse cuz Baltimore is home of the preakness stakes yep and they got the marching band and and the chi- Oh my! That that's why that's why also part of me gets a little pissed off when uh, I don't know if you see this, but if you go on NFLShop.com and you see that that um, and if you look and see because the NFL with the NFL 100 they have you know they got all this gear and stuff. So and every team they have like a hat, and on the side of the hat it shows the year that the team was in corp that the team was you know that the team was established. It, I tell you, it pisses it pisses me off, and I wasn't even I it wasn't I wasn't even here to see it, but it but because I have a sense of history and I have an idea of how much the the Colts meant to the city of Baltimore, it pisses me off when I look and see at those NFL one hundred little throwback Colt caps. It pisses me off. When I look and see the date on the on the side of the hat is ni- is 1953 rather than it really being 1984, because it should say 1984 because that is when the Indianapolis Colts became a thing. Colts became a thing. Okay, the 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 city of Baltimore owns the rights to the 1970 championship. That's not Indian. Uh-uh. Unitas, Marchetti, Betty, Raymond Berry. Those are not. They took them. They are Baltimore Colts, not Indianapolis Colts. So if anyone sits up here and says that, you know, well, Peyton Manning is the greatest Colt of all time. He's the greatest Indianapolis Colt of all time. The greatest Baltimore Colt of all time is Johnny Ew. And the Indianapolis Colts were established in 1984. The Baltimore Colts were established in 1983. Take a break. Get on to some actual NFL stuff on the field. Back after this.
nothing left to say And all I could do for you I should have done before now It's easy stand here There's nothing left, thing left to say <laughs> Welcome back to Amateur Like a TIS Podcast Switching gears now to the on-the-field action with the NFL First off, do I touch on the Rams getting embarrassed and I mean embarrassed by the Dallas Cowboys who haven't beat a team over 500 all season until Jared Goff uh, made sure that uh, losing streak came to an end. And I'll t- and me and Brendan will break down the NFC playoff scenarios. Brendan, I don't know what has gone wrong. Uh, what's gone wrong with the Rams? Before you answer that, let me just read you this. I mean... The key of the Rams, and the Rams and the Cowboys are pretty much two similar teams as far as the offense oh, yeah, is both, concerned. They both haven't lived up to their expectations either. That's another thing. The L.A. Rams being uh, well, locally a fantastic team and surrounded by Sean McVay. There's Jared Goff, who used to be pretty bad, but has now gotten a lot better. There's Todd Gurley, though he was injured earlier this season, correct? So there is that, um, the, that underlying greatness that's definitely... With I mean, the there's Rams. a there's a pro. I mean, and their offenses both work exactly the same. Both they, both of their offenses are built through the star running backs. With the Cowboys, it's Zeke. With the Rams, it's it's Todd Gurley. And when games when Gurley touches the ball twenty plus times, they often win the ball game. When they got Jared Goff throwing, the, I mean, th- Brennan, he threw the ball fifty one times in the game. He was twenty. He was thirty three for fifty one, two hundred eighty four passing yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. So when games when Jared Goff throws the ball over thirty times, they lose the game. They give Gurley the ball and let Gurley do his thing. Rams win the game. Cowboys same deal. When they when the offense is built to make Dak Prescott the hero, they can all with all due respect to Prescott, nothing against him. He's he's a decent quarterback, but he's a, good, a decent good quarterback. But that offense is built through Zeke. Zeke has to be the one that gets the ball twenty times a game, rushes for you know for a hundred yards or some change, gets a touchdown or two or three or more, you know, whatever the case might be, and and let Dak feed off of, uh, no pun intended, but let Dak feed off of Zeke's success and good performance. So Dak ends up with no pressure on him, yeah. so he can throw the ball whenever about twenty something times and whenever he wants. Exa- yeah. Exactly. Uh, Rams is the same thing. Let the offense go through Gurley. Let Gurley touch the ball twenty something times, rush for ninety plus yards and a touchdown, and allows the ch- and allows the passing game to to open up. So so Goff's going in there with little to no pressure on him, knowing that he's got his running back behind him doing doing his job. But instead, they let Jared Goff throw the ball over fifty times, and what happens? Well, the Rams get absolutely get rammed out of the building by by uh, Prescott and the, and the Dallas Cowboys. And this is a Ram team that's been up and down all season, up and down and up and down. They they look good. They look good one game. They look terrible the next. They look good one game. They're terrible the next. You know they beat Cleveland and they sit up and then they go down and they you know and they lose to didn't they lose to the Cardinals? I think early in the season. 
You know, they, they they play their worst game of the year against the Ravens on Monday Night Football, then they turn around weeks later and they shut down one of the best teams in football in the Seattle Seahawks. And, and then so then they high the one minute and they low the next. And the low the next was them losing to the Dallas Cowboys. Very what, bad. What do you, what, what, Brennan, what's going on with the Rams this season? Uh, They're inconsistent. One second they'll be on top of the world. The next they'll be falling to... Well, teams like the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> which you really don't want to be losing to a team like Dallas by like twenty three points. I mean, think about this, Brennan. They let two running backs run for over a hundred yards. I don't even want to hear about it. I know it's horrible. Tony Pollard. I, saw, I tuned out one hundred and thirty one rushing yards. I tuned out at halftime and, and a touchdown rush. I was just like, oh my Zeke, god. Zeke had a bu- think about this. Tony Pollard has a, had a dozen less carries than Zeke. Zeke had twenty four carries, rushed for one seventeen. Tony Pollard had 12 less than that. Literally, the carries cut in half. He ran for 131 in the touchdown. Zeke ran for two. I mean, just think about that for a minute. I mean, uh, the Rams have just been so up and down and inconsistent. And I, and I saw it coming, which is why I picked them to go 9-7. and seven. And also why I don't think they're going to beat the uh, the 49ers uh, here on Saturday night. Uh, go, you know, given the fact that the 49ers got embarrassed and got sucker punched by Matt Ryan and the and the Falcons going down them last second to get a game-winning touchdown courtesy of Julio Jones. But the Rams have just been so up and down and inconsistent. Oh, my. I mean, you know, they, they beat Cleveland 20-13. to They turn around and they lose to the Buccaneers 55-40. to you know they, you know they, they beat the Bengals twenty four to ten. Yet they struggle to do anything against the Steelers. You know they, they beat the Bears quite. You know they beat the Bears. The, the defense shows up and beat the Bears. Now Mitch Trubisky isn't exactly, you know Jim McMahon in any circumstances. But the defense shows up when they beat the Bears and they turn and they turn around a week later and they let Lamar Jackson throw five touchdowns on them. And beat the brakes off of them in Monday Night Football, and then the next, and then you know they beat the Cardinals thirty-four to seven the next week. They and then they beat the Seahawks, you know they beat the Cardinals and beat the Seahawks two division opponents quite easily with a valiant effort, I might add. Played well in both their ball games. Then they turn around and get and they lose to Dallas 44 to twenty-one. I mean, what 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 is up and what is down with the Los Angeles Rams? They've been up and down and up and down and up. This team has eight and eight, nine and seven written all over it. Just that up and down roller coaster that that we've seen from them all season long, which is exactly why they don't even even if they still had a shot by winning tonight, they do not deserve to play in the playoffs because of how up up and down and inconsistent they've been, and you cannot, in any circumstances, lose to a cowboy team that has that has lost as many games as they had as of late. Has not has yet to be in a team over five hundred. Yep. That is that is and is, hasn't been able to get out of their own way and hasn't. You think about it, they haven't won a game since they played the Lions in, at Detroit on November the seventeenth. They're riding on a three-game losing streak. They 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 riding on a three-game losing streak. They lose to the Patriots. They lose to the Bills on Thanksgiving, and they lose to the Bears. Which is and yeah. they, again That's yet to great. be the yet to be the five hundred team, and the Rams just give the Cowboys they roll them over. All right, yeah, just. He completely rolls over the Rams. Just like how how did the Rams even? 
how could they even feel good about that? How could they even live with themselves after losing to the Cowboys at that? With Jason Garrett at the helm. Sure, they have some good talent on their team. And he's the problem. Yeah, he's the problem. But you lost to Jason Garrett. That's embarrassing. You should feel embarrassed. You shouldn't even feel content in the fact that you guys are a football team after something like that. Because... The inconsistency of Jason Garrett's much worse than your inconsistency, but yet you guys lose to them. And I guess it's any given Sunday, but um, in this case, you're losing to a team that, in my opinion, I don't think is much better at all, even talent-wise. But beyond that, I think Sean McVay is a much better coach, and yet he, 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 he lost to Jason Garrett by 23 points. So that really puts things in perspective, I think, Jai. I mean, it it does. Uh, so let's get to these NFC. It's real complicated. You got the Seahawks right now, who are the one seed at eleven and three. They got the Packers, who are the two seed at eleven and three. You got the Saints, who are the three seed at eleven and three, and the fifth seed, which is the Forty ers at eleven and three, because they lost, because they lost on Sunday, and the Seahawks beat the Panthers. So the Seahawks, and because they beat, and because the Seahawks beat the 49ers early in the season, they automatically get first place. And they get the first seed, even though they lost to the Saints early in the year because of strength of victory, I think is, I think is the reason why. And they, and, they, and they don't play the Packers in the regular season this year. So I think they're the one seed because of strength of victory, I believe. I believe I'm not exactly sure, but I'm pretty sure that they're the number one seed because they have the better strength of victory or in conference record, whatever, one of the two, uh, that's better than the Packers and the Saints, which is why they currently hold the, the number one seed. And all the Seahawks have to do is win out, and they'll finish, the, and they'll get the number one seed. So, and if and if the forty nine and if the forty ers lose tonight, then the Seahawks pretty much would if they if the forty ers lose tonight and the forty ers go out and win tomorrow. Then the then the then the division then week then a week seventeen game I wouldn't imagine would mean would mean much of anything because it be, because it's, because the Forty Nineers have lost to the Rams or or excuse me lost to the Seahawks early in the year they l- would lose two straight and the Seahawks and the who do still let me see who the Seahawks play tomorrow the Seahawks play the. The Cardinals tomorrow at home, which they should win. So if the Rams beat the 49ers tonight and the Seahawks go out and beat the Cardinals, that puts Seattle at 12-3 and and the and the 49ers at, who are 11-3 now, they put the 49ers at 11-4, Seahawks at 12-3. So if... They so if the 49ers were to win week seventeen, which would put them at twelve and four and see and would put Seattle at at twelve and four, the Seahawks, I believe, would still win the division because of strength of skill. I'm not ex- I'm not ex- it's all it's all freaking complicated. Yeah. You just gotta let you just gotta let the game Yeah, let, let, it let, happen. let the games play out for let the games play out for them for themselves. I think the 49ers could probably still win their conference. Win a conference win a division. Uh win their division. I meant mean conference. Honestly I think they're good enough to win their conference though. So. Um yeah, What's Garoppolo and what's Shanahan done to what what have they done? This is their first rodeo at this run. I understand and I try this has been my thing the entire season. 
don't get too cut. And we and we learned this last year with with uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs. Don't get too caught up in what they do in the regular season because when the playoffs come around, it's an it's like a new season. It start from scratch, zero zero. First one, you know, first one to win, you know, three four games, you know, makes you know wins wins the Super Bowl. Depending on if you're a one or a two, or if you're a three, three or four seed. But having said that, it, you gotta it, it's you throw that all out the window because the NFC is the best conference. Funny, they're gonna have they're gonna have the NFC's gonna have the worst team. You know, they're gonna have, they're gonna have the work. They're gonna have a team that's gonna go in there at eight and eight, go in there seven. You know, eight and eight, nine and seven. Not exactly, you know, road beaters, whether it be the Cowboys and Eagles ever wins that matchup tomorrow. You're going to have that, but then from, but from one to, what, the Vikings are kind of right there in the middle, but from seeds one, one to, one to, you know, from seeds one, two, three, and five, you will have, you'll have, you know, 12, possibly 13 win teams and from seeds one, two, and five. So it's it's the better conference, and I'm sorry. And the pack, and I'm not saying the pack. I don't know about you, Brennan, but the Packers, they're not Super Bowl contenders for me per se. They aren't. But I'm take, but I'm take, but in a drive to win with my life on the line, I'm taking Rodgers over Garoppolo. That that's just me. Can't I'm argue taking, there. I'm taking Breeze. But, but they have to get there first. I'm Joe. taking. Br- they have to get there first, though, John. Well, right, yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. But um, just, Garoppolo, Garoppolo has a team to get him there to get to that he, drive. He does. Uh, Breeze probably does have it. Like, I think that he could possibly win out as well. And Bri- uh, in the and conference. Bri- and I'm taking... Yeah, gonna, I think it's going to be the... Right. I honestly think it's going to be I'm, the game. I think it's going to be 49ers versus Saints. Now, my right. prediction originally was that the Saints go to Super Bowl and win. I'd be really happy for right. that to happen. I, that but the 49ers also have a real real high possibility. Now, do. The, now, the one team that we don't want winning the Super Bowl is the Ravens. Let's let's, let's not forget about that. So let's just stay off of the AFC. But um, we, we don't want that to happen. So hopefully the NFC teams are good enough to and by get we, there and win. And by we, Brent... Brendan, done with the Ravens. I, I, I'm, I'm neutral. I, oh wow, Jai. Wow, you're I'm not going to side with me. I'm neutral. You're not going to side with me, Jai. I'm, listen, what is if this? The ra- if what the, is this? Are you a traitor? If no, if the Ravens Are you trying to maintain no, appearance if, if and the Ravens, no, if the Ravens play the Patriots, I'll root, I'll root for the Ravens to the cows come home. But if the Ravens go up, if the Ravens go up again, you know, I root against the Ravens if when they get to the Super Bowl, regardless if they play the Packers, the 49ers, the Saints, or the Seahawks, I root against the Ravens in the Super Bowl. But if you know in a championship game and they go up against New England, I root, I root, I root against New England and root for Baltimore. And me, per, and me personally, I don't see the. I can see the Ravens. I, I just I'm I'm so torn. The f- Chiefs are an, I'm sorry. Their defense. Eh, eh, no, the the Texans aren't making the Super Bowl. The you know who's the fifth? The Steelers or the or the Titans aren't making the Super Bowl, and the Buffalo Bills are not making the Super Bowl. So it's gone. It's really between the Patriots and the Patriots aren't even all that good to begin with. I give a damn about what their records. Are. The off the offense is very very spotty and inconsistent. Very spotty, and when it, and when the Patriots defense goes up against a good offense, it, it, they they they're spotty at times too. You know, do, do I have to pull? Do I have to pull out the Raven tape? Do I do I have to pull up the Raven Raven tape? 
Because back in September and October, everybody was comparing this team to the 2000 Ravens. And then this team goes in, goes into Baltimore and plays the Ravens. And the, def- and the defense has more holes in it than a 24-pack of Swiss cheese. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, so, so the and the Patriots are the only reason why the Patriots are a Super Bowl contender. It's almost by default because they have Brady and Belichick sitting there, who, not who, knowing the way, knowing the way it's the NFL's gone as far as the Patriots are concerned, and writing them off in December, and they're not gonna. Do, I've not. I told you, I'm not falling for it again. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Which is why I'm gonna stick with my Super Bowl pick to be the Patriots, even though. My my heart, my heart, my heart and my head a little bit say my head says Ravens because they're the better team, but my heart says Patriots because I'm because I've picked against the Patriots once many times and they and it's come back to bite me in the ass. So I'm not picking against the Patriots anymore. No, I'm not doing it. Do I want to see the Patriots in, a, in another and a what? It would be 51, 52, and a fourth straight Super Bowl. Hell no, I don't. But. But I have a peculiar feeling, and it would not shock me, as in it wouldn't shock me, and for as far as the rest of America is concerned, if the Patriots make it to Miami to participate in their fourth straight Super Bowl. It would not surprise me. But my head says Ravens because the Ravens are the best team in football and by default are the best team in the AFC. But my heart says Patriots because I've... because. They just because they always manage to pull off some random BS and end up and you blink and all of a sudden they're in the Super Bowl. But that but that's just me. NFC, it, it, the Saints. Honestly, I'm sticking with the Saints. I, the Packers are not a Super Bowl contender by any stretch of the imagination. They don't have that championship fiber on them. When I look and see them play, they kept the you know they kept the game too. They played a lot of games where it's like really the you guys had the game that close. They played wait they had they let the Redskins they let the Redskins stay in it yeah too long. They let the Packers or excuse not the Packers and if the Bears would have had a lateral play right you know would have had one more decent lateral would have had some you know decent block the the Bears would have beat the Packers last week. The Packers are just they're not, not that great. They're not a chance, and they got absolutely shellacked by by the Forty ers back in November. They are not a they are not a Super Bowl team. Not not this year. Now, admittedly, like the Redskins have gotten better over the season, but like I remember watching that game and I was like, "Wow, we're actually in this game. We were in the game until the very end." I mean, the, which which the, is like pretty funny, Jai. <laughs> I mean, the 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 they're a good team. They're nowhere near a Super Bowl no, contender not. unless something drastic happens. Which, in the NFC side, I doubt it will. The the Seahawks. I'm not picking them to go to Super. I, they'll go to the NFC. I believe they'll go to the NFC Championship game, but I don't see them winning the Super Bowl because of the fact that that defense has been spotty. They let the Panthers they for whatever the, they let the Panthers come back in it late, you know, scoring touchdowns, make the game interesting towards the I I'm not exactly and the and what are they gonna do when Russell Wilson can't, you know, can't throw the, you know, is get is getting blitzed. You know, they the defense is stacking a box and it's sending five to go get Russell Wilson. It's I I though I they're an NFC Championship game contender. They are not a Super Bowl contender. That's just the way I feel. 
really, I think, still the best team in the NFC and this team that I think will win the NFC and will event, and I pick and I believe will win the Super Bowl is New Orleans Saints. Not just because of karma and it's their time, because of the Minneapolis miracle and the pass interference and stuff like that, but because and Drew Brees and it being 10 years since their last Super Bowl victory and the game is in is in Miami 10 years later where they won the first one, but I just I'm take I'll take Breeze over Garoppolo, and the and the Saints just have a more dynamic offense. I don't see the 49ers because of lack of experience and lack of experience in the playoffs will come back to bite you, especially when you're going up against Breeze, Rogers, and Wilson. Uh, experience does help. It it, it does. It's not right. Playoffs is, is a little is a little bit of a different ball game, especially if you have to go out and play. If you're a fit seed, and you have to go out and go out and play on the road. So yeah, uh, I'm the 49ers, They'll be good for years to come, and they'll pretty sure be one of the top odds favorites to go to Super Bowl Fifty Five next season and Super Bowl Fifty Six and beyond. But I just don't see after them having an abysmal year last year. I, and this is a year where everything starts gelling together. I just, I just is, I just don't think it's their time yet. It will be soon, but I don't, I don't, not, not this soon because they, because they got too many, they got too many, they got too many obstacles. They gotta, they gotta go through just to get to the Super Bowl. And if they gotta play a Ravens team, I don't pick them. I don't think they'll beat the Ravens. And with the and the Patriots, and the Patriot, and I think if they were to play the Patriots, I think the Patriots would would beat the would beat the Forty uh, ers by about three scores because because it's Brady and Belichick going up against Shanahan and Garoppolo. the The moment would the moment would get too big for him, and Shanahan would still be haunted by the fact that he, you know, was Mister Conservative, and I'm not talking about GOP Republican Party conservative. I'm talking about conservative as in him basically trying to run out the clock, run out a whole half a clock, taking 28 to 3 and just sitting on it rather than going for the juggler and and uh, and giving a kiss of death to the Patriots back in Super Bowl uh, 51 when they all time choke job. And I don't care. And I don't care what the Baylesses and what the Colin Cowards say of the world. That game was more about the was more about the Atlanta choking and absolutely and being overly conservative and blowing that game. It was more about that than it was Brady's quote unquote heroic comeback. That that's just that that's just and that's and that's the game that kind of put Tom Brady into that quote unquote goat status. Uh. Uh-uh. That no, great Brady played a good game and all and all and God bless him and all power to him and Belichick of not saying die and just and 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 sticking with it and fighting through the uh, to the final whistle, but that but if but if Shanahan doesn't basically you know tie up the offense and play Mister Conservative and, and making just absolutely asinine play calling decisions. The, the the Patriots get routed in the game when we're talking about Brady, you know, and who knows if Brady gets to next year's Super Bowl and loses to the Eagles. But anyway, it's not a here nor there. 
But I'm telling you, if you were to tell me right now my favorites to make the Super Bowl, uh, it'd be it'd be Saints and it would be the and it'd be the Patriots. That's only good. Be, only because I would only because of only because of the idea that I wouldn't fall for the Patriots BS again, even though the best team in the AFC is indeed the Baltimore Ravens. So and in, in a weird way, I'm saying I'm saying Ravens and Saints, but I'm still sticking true to my original pick at the beginning of the season and saying Saints and Patriots. Brandon, you were saying. Mm, blah, blah, blah. Mm, I I I feel like I feel like it's just gonna be the Patriots versus Saints, Jai. Really, really, I, I do. I, I, I feel I feel that too. Even though the last thing I want to see is the Patriots in the middle of the Super Bowl, but. Well, I th- I think we just need to like chalk it down to an inevitability at this point. So that's my opinion on the matter. Okay. Well, actually, wait, wait, wait. They did almost lose to the Bills earlier. So that is well, well, they, well, we'll, they, <laughs> we'll get they, to that. We'll, we'll get to that later, <laughs> later on in the program. Yeah. Okay. Matter, matter of fact, want to get to it right after the break? We'll yeah. get we'll get to it right after the break, and then we'll recap yeah. that game, and we'll recap Texans and Buccaneers back after this. Welcome back to Matilda Like TIS Podcast. Switching gears now to the two Saturday NFL games that were today. We'll do this first because we touched on it at the end of the last segment. And that is the uh, matchup, the AFC matchup that actually means something between the Buffalo Bills who clinched the playoff spot uh, by beating the Pittsburgh Steelers last week, going up against the New England Patriots, who heading into this game were trying to uh, clinch a another division title and to basically keep pace with trying to uh get the second seed the first seed the first seed is out of the question given yeah. the fact that they've prayed that they lost to Kansas City now Baltimore lost to Kansas City too yeah. but they lost to Kansas City they've lost to Houston Baltimore beat Houston and Baltimore's beaten New England so it's so and ba- and Baltimore is playing Cleveland is you know is going to end their season playing Cleveland and Baltimore. So Baltimore pretty much nearly all but has the first seed locked up. They can lock it up by beating Cleveland on Sunday, which is probably but, going to happen. <laughs> right, and Baltimore has not lost the game since they played Cleveland in Baltimore. Uh, in Baltimore on September the 29th, which ironically enough, when they played the the base the regular season, the baseball season was still going on, and the Orioles, believe it or not, played a game that day and lost to the Boston Red Sox. That's neither here nor there. Enough. Of, uh, don't get me started. Uh, but Rip Orioles. Right. Yes. But the last time the Ravens won a game, it was it, it, we were still in the Major League Baseball regular season. We are nearly finished the month of December at, here at Christmas time, and they've won every game throughout the month of October. Gone on his hair. November and are two wins away from from basically going three months in a row without losing a game. It's pretty good. So uh, you're right, which is good if you're a Baltimore. Uh, if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan. Yeah. But first off, let's uh, talk Buffaloes and uh, Pats, Brendan. 
Patriots won the game 24-17. It was a close game the whole it, game. It was, it was, a, clo- it was, it was a good Cole foot. Beasley it was a good played football. well. Josh was, Allen was mobile in the pocket and outside of the pocket. I tell you, and he, and he Josh, had very good awareness. Josh Allen, Josh Allen, he doesn't. He's got some things to work on as a quarterback, but he is. He's. I tell you, he's got. Brennan, let me tell you, that kid has got significant, significant heart. Yeah, totally. That kid, the, the, the from the run that he, from the little quarterback sneak he had on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys, and the one back in the, I think it was like midway through the fourth quarter or whatever. Oh my god! On that QB, on that QB sneak. Oh my goodness gracious! I mean, he has the wherewithal to realize when the, the middle is plugged up. So he has the wherewithal and the common sense and the football IQ to say, well, let me not fit it, fit a square peg into a round hole. Let me go the other way, go around the outside and just th- and throw my body forward so I can get the first down. That kid has, in- oh my, he, and I'm not saying he's going to be Jim Kelly, but that kid has tremendous instincts. He, he's a, he's a good little football, he's good, he's a good football player. Totally. He's he's very very quality. Um, he also has spatial awareness that not a lot of other quarterbacks have in the pocket. That I saw, where he was aware enough to get out of the pocket when he knew that something was wrong. He right. only got sacked. He only got really got sacked at the very end of the game, which had a big effect. But for right. the most part, he's very mobile and like you know you could see like the one fourth down play, one of the fourth down plays where they had the QB sneak where he moved out right. of the way from the stoppage was, to dive. Um, over the fourth down marker is pretty impressive. He um got sacked three times in the game. Yeah, like he's very and, and two and two out of the three were were I think I believe on that final drive. Oh yeah, which is unfortunate because they were so close. They were really so close. Um, especially at the the end of the game, it felt like they had a real possibility of winning sure it all. Did. And it's unfortunate the defense kind of faltered on them yeah. at the very end. The, the defense did falter. Missed tackles, allowing Rex Burkhead get to, the end zone. Right, to get into the end zone on the goal line, allowing Julian Edelman to, to break into the open space. Uh, it's Ju- painful. Who, Julian Edelman, five receptions, 72 yards, but he came in handy when when the Patriots and, when Patriots and, the, and Brady needed him to. I mean, they they were all right. They weren't they weren't great. They were all right, but and but all right isn't good enough to beat Tom oh, no. Brady. No, it's not. And the Patriots, <laughs> and it wasn't good enough for them to win the football game because at the end, but because we missed tackles, letting Rex Burkhead get out in an open field running space, and allowing Edelman to get open. You you can't win games missing tackles, leaving Edelman Brady's really only reliable receiver wide open, and allowing Rex Burkhead to basically. Run, run into the end zone a few times without being touched. Yeah, it's just bad, and it's unfortunate that it ended the way it did because I would have really liked to watch the Bills win that game. But you know what? I did see from that game, they really have potential to do something in the they playoffs. They I got, think that they could actually do decently. They, they well. can, they can be, they can beat a Houston. They can be. They could beat a, They could beat a New England. You play. You play them again. If, if, uh, 
I think they could. They'd have to. Let me say this. It's not impossible, but they would have to play a perfect game. No, no, I don't think so. I think the the biggest problem, their offense fired. Their offense fired on basically all cylinders tonight. Their defense faltered immensely. And that's the biggest problem with them, I see, is that their defense, especially their cornerbacks are really really easy to get picked through i'm sure that there's some way that they could strategize better if they were to play them again in the playoffs which right. is probably not going to happen but i mean they, they i mean they let the they got the offensive lineman on the goal line they went out and on it's really out. smart too like that's that's great so, offensive so, play so it's nowhere near impossible if they play the patriots again at they oh to beat them totally they can beat them but they would have to but they would have to play better than they did tonight with they, their, yes, especially their they, defense. They have to. But their 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 offense almost won them right, the game. Their, their defense, their offense would need to make a would need would need to make a final would need to make a few adjustments so they can and to play I mean, a little defense, bit better. The, but the defense really they they can't miss tackles and they can't let you got to lock that you got to lock down Edelman you got to lock down a running game and you cannot the running game wasn't even that good until the very end that's right. the thing well, though that's true uh, uh, but but you also can't allow but you also can't miss tackles Oh yeah, which you was a big, was a big problem because Rex Burke had probably didn't deserve, probably wouldn't have got the touchdown if the linebacker had made the tackle, but he got flung off, and he bounced into the end zone. It was really, really, really bad, and uh, unfortunate too. Burke had really isn't all that good either. I remember this, he fumbled. He the fumbled game. at the beginning of the game, um, but it's here nor there. Um, they let a only semi decent quality running back pretty much tear them up. Um, well, tonight, I guess. And uh, I think that they definitely, given another chance they can hang to win. Could, no, they could win. They can hang. They and, could, and they if could they, win. If they play a perfect game, like I said, they, they could Brady the doesn't Patriots. have the fire that he used to have. And they, and they can beat the Texans, too, I tell you that. Right oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think a lot of people can beat the Texans. We watched the Texans-Tampa well, Bay game. Right. Go over that, that. That's a good segue into that game. Yeah. I mean, uh, if it wasn't for famous Jameis throwing about four, four interceptions, interceptions with, with yeah. his turnover bakery being open. The, let me tell you something. God, they the buc- are so close. The, buc- the Buccaneers would win that game because they, they got Jay- so close. because Jason Witt because Jason Winton because Jameis Winston is no scrub and has talent. His problem is he just can't stop turning over the damn football. Yeah, so, I mean twenty five. He can, he can throw for yards and he can throw a couple touchdowns. He threw three thirty five today in a touchdown pass. Problem is when he's throwing the football for you know over thirty times a game. Problem is. There's a good chance that three or four of them are going to go to the opposite team. Oh yeah, totally. And that's going to be he's and if he and again, he's a it's Ari, it's he's got offense. good talent, but if he doesn't stop turning over the football, he's going to play himself out of, of a game. job. Yeah, out of the job uh, because of the you can't win games turning over the. Football, you, you can't. I don't give a crap if you throw for five hundred yards and four touchdown passes. You can't. Ex, you can't win ball games turning over the football. Say what you, you can't. Will. You can't win games when you throw four interceptions in the freaking game. You just can't do it. I'm sorry. I don't care if it's Pop Warner. I don't care if it's Pee Wee. I don't care if it's Flag. I don't care if it's high school ball. I don't care if it's college D one, D two, D three, or NFL. You or 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 Canadian Football League or Arena Football League. The AAF or the XFL. You can't expect to win football games when you're throwing four interceptions. You just can't do it. 
He can't do it. Nope. And if he doesn't stop, he's going to play himself out of a job, which is a real shame yeah. because Jameis Winston is no scrub. He's he has talent. talent. His problem is, I don't know what it is, but he's got to get something right in between <laughs> his ears to cut the crap with the interceptions because it's not like that he's a bum. He's not. He's if he good. corrects the interceptions, he could easily be one of the best well, quarterbacks all, think, in the National all, Football League. I think it all thumbs down to actually how Bruce Arians, ironically, like he's always had this interception problem, but especially in Arians' offense, which is very pass-heavy because he's a pass-heavy guy. I mean, he's got a receiver in Brashad Perriman who, who, contrary to, to the belief of Ravens fans, is actually, can actually, good. Is actually quite good and can catch. Yeah, I mean, he didn't he didn't do a damn thing when he was with the Ravens, but all of a sudden now he's in Tampa and and, he's, he, and he's becoming he well. right, and he's the second coming of a freaking uh, of uh, Keyshawn Johnson for crying out loud. So it's like again, Winston, stop turning over the <laughs> football. I I feel bad because uh, it's not so much that it's even really his fault. Again, when you have such a pass heavy offense. It does fall on the quarterback to win or lose games, and he is competent, but there's obviously some disconnect there where he throws some errant passes or some careless passes ever so often that really could be worked out. But, like, if they were to run the ball a little bit more, even a small amount more, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, they, I'm sure they win games. Right, and don't let Jameis throw the ball 35 times a game. It's, that's just insane. And that's a was, lot to ask of, out of a quarterback. And it wasn't, and, it's, and again, it's, and it also wasn't like that Deshaun Watson was Warren Moon in the game either. Oh, yeah, he played he, bad. He was 19 for 32, 184 passing yards, it's threw bad. an interception, and was overthrowing. And, and I'm not talking short passes. Over, right, overthrowing. Like, like one yard passes. Right. Little screen passes, little inside dig routes. They were talking little, about wasn't it Duke, Duke Johnson or whatever? Run, run, you know, <laughs> running running back wheel wheel pl- running. Jesus, I cannot talk. There was Go. one drive. Listen, Jack. There was one drive where he passed the Duke Johnson three times and he was always within a yard. Right, the line of scrimmage. Right in front and, of his and, face, and he missed and he, every and he, time. And he overthrows my fifteen yards, which is ironic because. Deshaun Johnson's Deshaun Watson's actually taller than his lineman. Most of his linemen, like, or at least the same exact height. You can't like throwing a short pass is and he oversold the easiest. I mean, if you if you tell me, Jai NFL quarterback behind a decent offensive line, with a West Coast offense, when you're throwing, and he had had a hurt ankle too, short on short routes. He had a hurt ankle too, and he had, especially on that drive when he made all those errant passes. Um, his hurt ankle, I think, had an effect on how he played. Yeah, but that also has to deal with arm and hips and yeah. everything like that. I mean, he. I mean, he, if my if my job, if you tell me to be, I can. It was his jo- planting foot. I can I can hit the short pass, okay? And throwing especially when you're tall, a short pass is not that difficult. No. All you gotta do is basically Dump make sure off. is basically make sure that your arm that your arm and your release is towards at like the top. Near, nearly towards like the the uh path where it's coming down. Try to meet it at the very top, if not a little later than that. And and basically throw the ball down, kind of like a kind of like a pitcher throwing off a pitcher's mound, and throw the ball down to make and direct 
Like, I, I mean, and you saw him. Duke Johnson was sitting there, was sitting there on on the little uh, screens and on the wheel. Just, just, he, he's just, overthrowing just him a lot. Lob, just lob it in there so they can so they can catch it and do and do the rest of the work. But I do think some of the problems with the product, especially of his game today, did come off of the fact that he had a uh, injured ankle on his back planting foot. You have to understand that a lot of the power of somebody's pass comes from their back planting foot, and I think, ironically, him overthrowing it was because he was trying to overcompensate for the fact that he couldn't plant his foot. <laughs> and it's just, you, you gotta, you can't, but back to the Tampa Also, by the way, why at the end of the game when Tampa Bay got the ball back, yeah. why when it was like 10, it was like 10, 50 seconds, 15 seconds left, they were at their own five-yard line. Please explain to me, or it was 20 seconds, I think it might have been. Mm-hmm. Why? It'd be on Jameis Winston dumps it off on a, on a Joe Flacco oh, yeah, five-yard check down. Oh, yeah, that was so bad. I mean, that, that was Jameis, the end of the you game. have no timeouts. You are down by a field goal. You yeah. got to get. You have to pass the ball have, down the field. You have to throw it down the field pretty much as if like a Hail Mary effort to the point where as soon as the ball releases out of your hand, you and your offensive linemen can actually have get to, there. Have to practically, have to practically haul ass to get down the field in time in order for them, in order for you guys to be in a position for you to spike the football so you can at least get one more play in position for you guys to kick to kick the game tying field goal. Because please explain to me what the heck a, fi- a five yard dump pass does in the middle of the field with no time. I was twenty seconds left at your own five yard line. It does please, nothing. What does that do when you're down three points? Nothing. It's a it's a waste of a play. <laughs> you are better off literally turning around and throwing the ball maybe, into, maybe into the seats. Maybe he was padding his stats. Maybe he was so padding his stats. Throwing the ball into his seats. Because, really? Mm, so bad. So, so bad. And, and he was the, and the he was the closest wide receiver in the area. All of his receivers are are 30-plus yards downfield. They ain't going to get back in time for them in time for them to spike no it. No way. Come on. This is stupid. That, 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 that was terrible. That was, that was terrible. But, anyway... Let's move on to uh, Dallas Keuchel, by the way, agrees to deal with the White Sox. A little bit of uh, baseball news there, just to uh, throw it at you. Uh, But anyway, let's preview. We recap the two Saturday games. Let's preview Cowboys and Eagles. A game that essentially is going to decide the uh, NFC East uh, division title. The Eagles have to win this game and Week 17 in order for them to win the division because the Cowboys are are perfect, have not yet have not lost the game within the division. And because they have not lost the game within the division, even though they them and the Eagles are both at seven and seven, because the Eagles because the Cowboys have beat the Eagles early in the season and are perfect within the the NFC East, the Cowboys can clinch a playoff spot through winning the division, of course, with a win beating the Eagles on Sunday at 4:30. So it's a do-or-die game for both teams. If the Cowboys, you know, the Cowboys basically have to have to pray that the if they were to lose tomorrow, they'd have to pray that the Eagles were to were to lose next week. And and the Cowboys Which win is a in week seventeen. But the, but if you're a Cowboy fan, if you're Jerry Boy, if you are, if you're uh, any member of the Dallas Cowboys fan, former player, whatever the case might be, you just want to take care of business and beat the Eagles 
on uh, Sunday rather than having uh rather than having your fate in the hands of the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles or the Giants or the Redskins or, you know you want you want to control your own destiny and the Cowboys control their own destiny all they have to do is beat the Eagles and they will win their division for the second straight year in a row which oh! which, which has not been Brennan, can you look up the last time the if you can the well, last time consecutives the, uh, uh a team consecutively won the NFC East it I I know it's been more than 10 years it has not been it's been, it's rotated Every it's rotated every 90s. year, every year. Late nineties, probably late nineties. It's rotated every year this decade. Two thousand ten, I know. Two thousand ten, the Eagles won it. I remember because they had Mike Vick and they lost to the Packers in the playoffs. Eleven, and because of the Deshaun uh, Jackson uh, return, the miracle at the New Meadowlands. Two thousand eleven, the Giants won because that's the year they went to the Super Bowl. Two thousand twelve, the the Redskins won because they beat out the Cowboys, I believe, late in the season, and that's when they had RG three. Eagles. And they lo- and they lost. They won to... four times in a row from two thousand one to two thousand four. I think this was under Donovan McNabb. Well, am I... Let me see if you can get the who's last team to win the division. That was, consecutively. that was consecutively, and it was Donovan McNabb. Okay, so, I was right. So huh? since the Eagles in two thousand three, two thousand four, the last time a, a team in the NFC East uh, consecutively won the division in back to back years. Uh right so like I said Eagles 2010 Giants 2011 Redskins 2012 13 was one the Eagles. Eagles Eagles are you sure I'm 100% it says Eagles let me see 2013 Eagles 2013 uh, let me see no it's not the Oh wait! Yes, it is. Yep. yep. Yes, it you're is. Right. Yep. I am. Right. I am right. right. They won. They won. My bad. Yep. So 2013 was the Eagles. 14 was the Cowboys. 14 was the Cowboys. Uh, that you know, with Tony, that was Tony Romo's practically last hurrah. They Very beat the, sad. they beat the Lions, and then they and then they got robbed by ref ball with the Des Bryant catch thing and all oh, that. Yes. 2015, so nice. 2015 was the Redskins. That's the most recently the Redskins have been in the playoffs and most recently... Leave me alone. And the most recently that the Redskins won the division was 2015. 2016, it was... Uh, crap. It was... Uh, uh, 2015 16 was, was Giants. No, it was in Dallas Cowboys. Cow- oh, right. That's, Cowboys, yeah, Cowboys. It, went, it goes they, Cowboys, they Eagles, went, Cowboys. Right, they went 14-2, and uh, they got the number two seed and lost to the Packers in the division because of the Mason Crosby field goal. And then 17 was the Eagles the year they won the Super Bowl. And then last year, of course, it was the Cowboys. So the Cowboys have a chance back-to-back for the first time since 2004, I believe is what Brennan yeah. uh, told us. Uh, with the Eagles when they won it in 2003 and in 2004, they have the ch- uh, chance to be the first back-to-back, the first team to win back-to-back division titles in the NFC East. Yes, sir. Since the since their opponent and the Eagles did uh, back 15 years ago. So, having said that, Brendan, coming off of be- whooping the whooping the Rams like we discussed earlier in the program, Eagles coming off of a victory last second against your Washington Redskins. Uh, Redskins played hard, played hard in the game. Eagles, it's been the Carson Wentz show. It's going to have to be the Carson Wentz show with help of of uh, Wentz ain't that of, great. <laughs> with, with the help of the 
of the Cowboys uh, spitting all over themselves. And by Cowboys, I mean Jason Garrett spitting all over themselves late in the ball game. They're which, all bad. Which, which I will see. Which I will see and predict will happen. That game will be tight towards the end. It will be a back and forth, tightly contested ball game. Jason Garrett's going to have to make a tough coaching decision late in the game. He never does well when he has to. Why expect anything different now? He's going to do. He's going to make some asinine uh, mistake, whether it's calling a timeout when it doesn't need to be needed, his team not being organized and button up a delay a game or a false start. You know, being conservative and being and you know being uh, you know. Uh, down four points and kicking a field goal inside the five-yard line, a la what they did against the Patriots. You know, something will happen where Jason Garrett's going to have to make a tough decision and he'll spit up and, and, and practically, in all sense and purposes, uh, piss, piss down his leg and, and, lose, and end up losing the ball game uh, because, because that's just Jason Garrett and that's just who he is. And the and Doug Peterson, who is a better coach than Jason Garrett, that's not even up for debate. And because of the fact that the Eagles have the better coach, I believe is the reason why uh, the Eagles will win the ball game. Not because because from top to bottom, the Cowboys have the better team on on the roster. Roster players on the roster, top to bottom across the board, the Cowboys have the better football team. They got the better running back and they got a wetter and they got a better all around uh dynamic team and a dyna- and a dynamic uh offense per se. But having said that, the Eagles are just they got karma going for them a little bit. They got you know with Wentz with the with the last second victories against the Giants and the in the uh, and the Redskins, they they got Wentz who's practically been Superman the last whatever it might be playing with virtually no receivers outside of Zach Ertz, and have just found a way to win ball games and Doug Peterson's been a wizard as of late. And I believe he'll be a wizard with the help of Jason Garrett spitting all over himself, which I expect to happen Jai, in the ball game. Jai, but listen, though, it doesn't matter because they're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs in the wild card, anyways. Well, <laughs> no, both of these teams aren't get aren't getting past wild card weekend, and though they are, so what's, so why are we even talking well, about well, it? Because it, because the because it has playoff implications. Oh yeah, because 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 you know that it's going to have a real effect. It's going to have a, it's going to have an effect on the wild implications card. Implications, and America seems to care about the Dallas. Cowboys. That that's wow, thanks, like, America. like you said, the the both of these teams aren't getting past the divisional round of the playoffs. Cowboys, if they make it, have a better chance to get to the divisional playoffs than the Eagles do because the Eagles virtually have nobody on and Carson Wentz will be taxed. And he's by, bad. By and, May, and he's bad. <laughs> he's not as good as everybody says so he is. I, I'm so I'm the Eagles gonna win this game because they got the better coach. Plain, mm, plain and simple. I know everybody's been saying that, but I think that I think the Cowboys are gonna win and then lose them. <laughs> Here's what you need to know about the Cowboys. In games, people expect the Cowboys to win. They will lose. They lose. I agree with that. Everybody expected the Cowboys to lose. I expect them to lose. And look what happened. They won. Everybody expects the Cowboys to win because they got the better roster, top to bottom, and everything else, and better talent wise. And the Eagles all banged up and injured. But lo and behold, 
Wash the Eagles win. I doubt match. it. I doubt it. Saint, Saints and Titans, which is a matchup that has, I wish the Titans would win, but which they're is not. a matchup that has playoff implications on both sides of the board because on the AFC side, the Titans are still fighting. Excuse me, are fighting for a playoff seeding, and the fact that the Steelers lost to Buffalo last week surely helps the Titans' chances of getting the sixth seed. Meanwhile, they're going up against the Saints, who, with some help via the Packers, the 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 Packers, the Forty ers and the Seahawks, they still have an opportunity to get one of the top two seeds in the NFC. They're sitting with the third seed as of this moment, but still the top two seeds in the NFC are not out of the question. You know, they're sitting here at the, as the third seed with a record of uh, 11-3. and three. Yes. So the Saints and the Titans, it's, I, it's, I don't see the Titans winning this game, to be kind of honest with you, which will make things all the more interesting week 17. Because they're a wild card. The, as, far, as far as the sixth seed for the wild card between the Titans and the Steelers. Exciting. But, Brennan, what, what, give me your thoughts on Saints and Titans. I like the Titans a lot. I like them as a team. I like their coach. But um, I know that for a fact, the Saints are a much better team because <laughs> I predicted them to go to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to have to go with my obvious choice here, which is the Saints, as sad as it is, because the Titans, though, they have a quality roster. And I do believe deserve a wild card spot, and we'll probably win that over the Steelers at the end of the season. Um, I feel like in the end Saints are going to win this game. We're going to make it fun for week 17. So, yeah. Something to watch for. It'll be interesting to see because if Baltimore beats the Browns on which Sunday, which which they should, which yeah. everybody expects them to, it'll be interesting to see how Baltimore plays at week 17. Home game, arch rivals in Pittsburgh. Well, it'll be interesting to <laughs> yeah. I'll have the first round bye already locked up, so I'll have the week off regardless. It'll be very, very interesting to see how Harbaugh plays it. If he plays his regular guys the whole game to try to keep Pittsburgh out of the playoffs because of rivalry, because it's the last regular season home game, and they're playing the arch rival nemesis in Pittsburgh, who the two teams hate. You know, it'll be interesting if do they play him the whole game? Do they play him one half? Do they or do they not play him at all? It'll be very interesting to see how Baltimore handles that week seventeen uh, with Pittsburgh. It should, it should be very, it should be very interesting to see. I look at it. From, here's what I would do, regardless. You play, you play your regulars one half, regardless what happens. You play one half and you sit in the second half. You keep because them warm. You want to keep them warm, especially because, especially because I don't want Lamar Jackson, given that what we've seen in his playoff debut back in back eleven. Oh, that was so fun against <laughs> the Chargers when he played the worst statistically played the worst playoff game you can ever imagine. <laughs> I don't want him going in, you know, ice cold, not having not played since December twenty second against the Cleveland Browns, who are a complete dumpster fire and. Absolute disappointment this season. I don't want him going in cold, going up against, uh, going up against, you know, the, uh, the, 
you know the the maybe the Steelers or the or the because they'll be the number one seed, so they might play the Steelers or the or the tight or may or possibly the Kansas City Chiefs, depending on depending on what happens. You know, let let it, let it play out. But I don't want them going in, especially if they have to play Kansas City or or Pittsburgh. If if they play Kansas City or Pittsburgh in a divisional round. In the second in the second weekend of January, I don't want Lamar Jackson basically getting his first game action for the first time since December twenty second against the Cleveland Browns. So I'm not playing him the whole game to put him and the other guys in uh, harm's way of getting injured. But I'm not giving them the whole game off when they're already going to have a bye because because they clinched the first seed in the previous ball game. So I'm so I'm being very cautious. I'm treating it like a preseason. I'm basically treating it like week three of the preseason. You play up till halftime and you get the second half off, because I because it make me a nervous. Given that we've already seen what what Lamar Jackson's done and his it's a it's a it's very important and it's crucial and it's key. It sticks out like a sore thumb, but but it's also a small sample size. But still, I don't want a repeat of how of how he played. Against the Chargers back back eleven months ago, which was absolutely atrocious and an absolute eyesore to watch. I don't want that, so I don't want him going super duper ice cold, in his second ever playoff game in his life. So I I I don't want that. So playing one half week seventeen, but it all depends on how things shape out with the Titans and the Steelers. Last game, then we'll get to a break and we'll get on to some other things. Uh. Packers and Vikings, uh, Monday Night Football season finale. Uh, these two, the Packers aren't in, aren't out of the woods yet as far as winning the division is concerned. But they are. But <laughs> but I mean, hey, hey, it's, it's Aaron. How do you think? How do you think the game's going to go? Packers are going to lose. <laughs> Packers going to lose. I think that is a possibility. Yeah. Dalvin Cook with the soul, with the shoulder injury and it being Kirk Cousins on Monday night. You still think that the Packers are going to lose? I actually would like. I, I think like, you you realize the game's in Minnesota, not in Lambeau, right? I think that's a good thing. I think that's actually probably a better thing. I think Kirk can actually keep up with Aaron. I know that you're gonna be angry at me for saying that, but I still think that that first off, that is a rivalry game. You have to remember also that Kirk lost to Aaron in his first playoff game in uh 2015. Um. Th- th- that means business. Right. Yeah, I, when he was with the Reds. Yes, he was. Yes, he did. I think that even even though it's 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 his Monday night curse, I think he can do it. I believe in him. Okay, I believe in him. Oh, also, you have to remember the defense of the Packers. <laughs> so don't don't hurt me. Don't hurt me for saying that. But yeah, yeah. there there is a possibility he could pick through that defense. That de- that defense is about as stale as stale can be. Good point. So he has a possibility. I'm, I'm taking the Packers because boo, boo, but, be entertaining. Uh, Pick something that nobody no, expects. This, this, this isn't hot takes. I'm being logical and using common sense. I with, am with being these. logical though. I just gave you some pretty good reasons well, for why. But I'm not also saying, well, Packers gonna lose. Hot take alert. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, this isn't first take. This is an undisputed. <laughs> not, I'm not in that. I'm in, actually giving sensible, logical. This is sensible. I just gave you reasons analysis. why. I just gave you reasons why. Well, all right. Well, be, be that as it may. 
take a break. I'll uh, touch on Megan Rapinoe winning the Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year. I disagree with that. Can't stand that dopey song, All I Want for Christmas, along with other things about the Christmas holiday I can't stand. And give you week 16 picks to close out the program. Back right after this. Until I get to his podcast, little Ben Crosby, to uh, bring about our final segment. Uh, just a little things want to get on the board. Uh, I don't know if you heard or if you know or if you, if you care, but if you do, just to let you know, uh, Megan Rapinoe, the uh, uh, the purple-haired soccer player, of the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team, uh, that you know made it made it be known to everybody that. Uh, and she doesn't necessarily care for the president of the United States, but that's neither here nor there. She got not she got named Sports Illustrated uh, Sportsman of the Year, and I got issues on. And I got a problem with that. That in the sports shows tries to take the sports avenue of things. I I actually happen to agree on be on the same page with her as far as her 
politics and views on social justice and things like that is concerned. Not all, but mo- most of them, for the most part, I agree. But, but I mean, she she can be a little bit tough to take. But still, I mean, the sports person. I mean, if we're talking about not citizen, not you know, this isn't Time Magazine person. This this is sports. Okay, it's Sports Illustrated, not Time Magazine. So and and I, and I wouldn't exactly call you know when she's playing on a team that again beat I th- what was it was Thailand I think it was where they scored thirteen goals on it and they and her and Alex Morgan basically acting like a bunch of school children that's never played sports before basically going uh, juvenile with the celebrations and you remember I killed them and ran it for fifteen minutes and absolutely destroyed all of them left left uh, left and right up and down. Uh, back in uh, early, back in back, uh, back in early July, I believe is what it was. You can go back and check and listen to it for yourself. But I wouldn't have given it to her. I tell you, I would have given it to. I would have given it to Tiger Woods, who basically defied all odds and has turned back the clock ten plus years, tw- you know, twelve, fifteen plus years to being. One of the best golfers in the world. Of course, he won the 2019 Masters back in April. He and you know, he's done pretty. He's done exceptionally well in most of the tournaments he's played in all year. I mean, how can you not give? How can you not give it to? Here's all you need to know: When Tiger Woods won the Masters, Sports Illustrated didn't have a caption or any text. On the, on the cover, you can go ahead. And, you know, it's a picture of Tiger Woods after he sinks in the sinks in the putt at eighteen, with him celebrating. And the only only text you see is Sports Illustrated written in red. That's it. That's only happened. Two, I want to say two other times three. in the history. Th- Three? Three. Actually, I think three. Three, 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 three and probably four with her, yeah. I remember, because I remember watching... Mickey, Mickey, go ahead. No, you can, you go ahead. Yeah, it's Mickey Mantle died was one. When the U.S. beat the, beat the Soviets in the Miracle on Ice was two. And if there's a third one, I can't exactly recall what the third one is. But I know one of them, one of them's Mickey Mantle. Second one is the U.S. beating the Soviets and, of course, with Tiger. But I mean, it's, it's uh, and Sports Illustrated's been around since for over fifty years, and that's only about the third or the fourth time where they've had where they've had the where they've had the cover textless. It's just been the pic. It's just been the photo of the athlete, and of course, Sports Illustrated up at the top, and they don't give it to Tiger Woods. I mean that I I don't I don't really that that I don't like that to be quite to be quite honest with you. I just. Uh, I, I wouldn't have given it to her. I would have. I would have given it to Tiger Woods, uh, me personally. Uh, and another thing, just to get this on the board, I can't stand. And it's twenty. And I snub. And I bring this up because it's on the. Uh, it's on the Billboard. It's the hot one. It's the best. It's the top featured song in the country via Billboard, and it's and it's the song. So I believe it's the twenty fifth anniversary of the Dopey song, but. Can we get off and can we put the bed and lay to bed and get rid of? All I Want for Christmas by Mariah Carey, whose relevancy only shows up during one time of the year, and that's the holiday season. I mean, and especially when we live in a world where Christmas, where we put up Christmas gifts essentially on November the 3rd and start playing Christmas music 
the moment the clock hits midnight of November the 1st, and when we overlook, you know, when we practically give their finger to to Thanksgiving, when we live in such an over, overly commercialized Christmas-obsessed world today, can, can we maybe, you know, can we put a... There are other Christmas songs out there other than All I Want for Christmas. Enough, please. I am so sick and freaking tired of All I Want for Christmas. Can, can we put the dopey song to bed already? Please, can we, can we, can, I'm not saying eviscerate the song completely from existence, but can we not overplay it and play it about a hundred million times in the span of a month, in the span of a month and two weeks? Can we, can we not do that, please? Can, can we not, can we take, can we take it easy on the all I want for Christmas? Please. Because you, because you, you out there in the podcast land listen to this right now, please say, uh, you know, unless you're a diehard Mariah Carey fan, and I don't know many that are, but if you are, God bless you. But please explain, name me uh, a song, a Mariah Carey song that people actually have heard of that people listen to, or an album for that matter, that people other than that dopey song. Enough of all I want for Christmas. I can't take it. I can't stand it. Enough. It's pretty bad. I, I, it's it's so overplayed. My ears bleed. I envy the death. Every single time that song comes on. I hated that song before. It's so <laughs> overplayed and so overrated, it's mind-boggling. Enough of the All I Want for Christmas. I hated the original version, and I couldn't stand the remake that she did with Justin Bieber, you know, back when you know, back when Justin Bieber was the teenage hot heartthrob, you know, back at the beginning of the decade. Uh, enough of All I Want for Christmas. Another thing, and enough with the with the another tired act of, of Christmas that I'm getting sick and freaking tired of. That's that's overdone and done to death. I'm sick and damn tired. If I I swear to God, if I gotta look and see and watch another another those Hallmark Christmas movies on television again, I'm gonna flip and lose my mind. Enough of the do- and they finally got Lori Lachlan Laughlin, whatever the hell the name is, out of there because she's too busy bouncing around saying that her kids who wouldn't know a canoe from a sailboat saying that her kid's canoe to get her kids in the USC, you know, and she's under fire and going to face 25 years and be sharing a cell with Cosby because of the fact that she laundered money and faked SAT scores, SAT scores to get her two dopey, ignorant, stupid daughters in the car. Oh, we had no idea our parents was involved in that bullcrap. How in the hell did you not know your parents weren't involved in a damn uh, a college admissions uh, cheating scandal. Oh, give me a freaking break! So they got her off of, off of the damn things. But I'm if I, enough of enough of the Hallmark Christmas movies, please. Enough. We get we get some girl that's you know estranged from out of state gets into a new neighborhood. You know meets this meets this husky Bradley Cooper looking guy. You know they don't. It's kind of it's interesting at first. They're not really interested. They go out on a date, and then by the and by Christmas Eve, Christmas morning, Christmas night, whenever the hell you want to pick it, the the two dopes end up falling in love. We gotta sit up here and and look at these look at these two dopes play tonsil hockey on the screen, zoomed in tenfold for forty five seconds. Enough of the dopey Christmas movies. Enough. I'm I'm sick and tired of seeing it. I'm sick and tired of looking at the ads. Uh, enough of the Christmas movies. Enough. It's the same freaking dopey storyline, you know, maneuvered differently. But it's the same damn storyline every single movie, every single year. Enough of the Hallmark Christmas movies and put Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas to bed. Now, back to football. Back to business. Week 16... 
Picks in the National Football League. Oh, oh, no. Brendan. No, not the pick segment. Yes, definitely a pick segment. That's how we close out and will uh, close out every show. No. Not that of the National Football League season. You're going to ask. In a league where they play full pay. <laughs> no. Jacksonville at Atlanta. Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Is or excuse me, Atlanta's favorite minus seven. Brendan, who you got in that one? You got Jacksonville by what score? Seven. You got Jacksonville by seven. I will take Atlanta to win the ball game, twenty-seven to twenty. New Orleans and Tennessee. Tennessee coming off of coming off of uh, coming off of a win last time out. Uh, going up against the New Orleans Saints, who had beat the Colts back on Monday night. Drew Brees with the passing touchdowns, records, and all that nonsense. Uh, who you got? Saints, 14. By you got 14. the Saints by 14. I got the Saints by 14 as well. I will pick the New Orleans Saints to win the ball game by the score of 24-10. The Le'Veon Bell uh, reunion... Uh, Revenge, whatever you want to call it, game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New York Jets. Jets, excuse me, Pittsburgh's favorite minus three going up against the Jets. I got Pittsburgh winning that game. They got to win it if they want a chance to get the sixth seed. I will take Pittsburgh to win the game 24 to 13. The Giants and the Redskins. Brendan, it's just your team going up against Washington by seven. Washington by seven. I will pick the Redskins to win that game at home by the final score of 24 to 17. Wow. My Bungles and the Dolphins are what should have been the ultimate tank bowl. The Bengals have to lose one more game to clinch for the first seed oh, no. in the NFC playoffs, or excuse me, the NFC playoffs, <laughs> to, to clinch the number one pick of next year's draft in April, and they're playing up against a team they could easily beat because the Dolphins haven't bad this year, but they've shown some signs of life. The game is in Miami. Yes, sir. I will pick the Dolphins to win this game by the final score of 25-2. to. 22. Wait, you, you don't want me to pick. Go ahead. By three. It's going to be... Uh, who's, who's winning by three? Cincinnati. You know who Cincinnati, Cincinnati by three. Can you give me a score? A score? Yeah. 17-14. Oh, my. You go, you, wow. All right. Well. <laughs> yeah. Indianapolis favorite minus six and a half against Carolina. Who you got in that one? Uh, I think that I actually going to take Carolina by a score of seven. I'll take Indianapolis to win twenty-seven to seventeen. Exciting. Baltimore favorite minus ten against the Cleveland Browns. I previously told you guys haven't lost the game since they lost to Cleveland in Baltimore, September 29th. Cleveland, it's been a lost season, a terrible season. I'll get to them in next week's episode, but. Because I got a bone to pick with them. Baker Mayfield and the whole nine yards. Baltimore favorite minus 10. They got to win this game to clinch the number one seed. I got them winning big time. How about 35 to 10? 
Baltimore will end up clinching the number one seed and will be in line to host their first ever AFC championship game in franchise history if they take care of business in a divisional round. Baltimore by 24. That's my... Baltimore by 20. Okay. I got them by 25, so it's not that big of a difference. <laughs> Denver against Detroit. Denver at home. Denver favorite minus seven points. I got Denver in the ball game, 21 to 14. I have uh, Denver by three. Denver, you got, yeah, keep, you got to. I tell you, you got to give the scores. Ugh, come on, Jai. Uh, I think that it'll be Denver uh, 14. Not 14. It'll be Denver probably 10 7. Something, something well. 10 10 7. Okay, maybe not 10-7. Maybe 14-17 again. It's, it's got to be something low. Come on. It's Denver versus Detroit. <laughs> Leave me alone. I mean, Denver did put up all those points against Houston a few weeks ago. So you, you never know. Any given Sunday. Yeah. Oakland against the Chargers. What could be Phillip Rivers' last home game. Won't even really be a home game. Like we previously, like we mm. said at the top of the program, lots of, lots of Raiders fans in the L.A. area. Chargers can't sell out with their own fans at 30,000-seat soccer stadium. And it's a real shame because Phillip Rivers is a San Diego Charger and isn't going to get the Eli Manning treatment. Yeah, it's so late. sad. So, but the Chargers are favored minus 6.5. I'll take the Chargers to win the game. 27 to 17. I think I'll take the Chargers to win the game by closer than what you'd expect. I think it's going to be probably a 21-24 game. I think it's by three points. I think it's going to come down to a game-changing field goal at the very end. Dallas favored by a field goal against the Eagles. We talked about this early in the program. I got the Eagles because because Jason Garrett is oof. Uh, it's just he's just he's incompetent. I you cannot expect to trust Jason Garrett late in the game to make a competent decision to out coach a Super Bowl winning coach and uh, Doug Peterson. I'm sorry, I'm taking the Eagles to win this game by the final score of 23 to 20. I'll take them winning that game also by probably 28 21. I think. It'll be, uh, yeah, the Eagles, actually. I think I've changed my mind. I don't think the Cowboys right. are going to win. Good, good, good win. Good job. Well, if I'm putting money down, yeah. <laughs> I'll, go with, I'll go with the expected winners. <laughs> Seahawks favorite minus 9.5 at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Seahawks coming off of a win on the road against the Carolina Panthers. Arizona coming off of a win beating Cleveland at home last week. Seahawks got to stay in the mix there for the top seed in the NFC and as well as the division. Seahawks will win the game by the final score of 31 to 24. You think it's going to be that close? Did you see how the Seahawks let the Panthers back in the game? Kyler Murray's got got talent. He's a good quarterback, but there are other things involved with the the Cardinals is why they're not going to win the game. But the way the Seahawks defense, go look look at the tape, Brennan. They let the Panthers get back into that game. I think it's gonna, think it's gonna be like 14-28, Jack. I don't think the game is gonna be close at all. I think yeah. it's a margin of like 14 points. I, I mean, any given Sunday, but yeah. I mean, the Seahawks, the Seahawks defense did not exactly wasn't wasn't exactly legion of boom status uh, last week against the Carolina Panthers. So move on to the Sunday night game. 
Uh, so, uh, Collinsworth can wax poetic about Khalil Mack and uh, Patrick Mahomes, so he's blue in the face. As uh, and Chicago has nothing to play for. Again, nope, they're eliminated nothing. from postseason contention. The Chiefs really don't have anything to compete for either because the Patriots won earlier today, so they're going to be the third seed. Exciting. Why this game is on Sunday Night Football, I have no idea and will never understand. <laughs> uh, you know, I, again, so Collinsworth can wax poetic about Patrick Mahomes and, and in between can... Uh, Compare Khalil Mack to uh, Dick Buckus uh, in between Patrick Mahomes touchdown passes. I will, pick, <laughs> I will, <laughs> I will pick the the Chiefs to win the game minus five. I might not even watch the full game. I might put on Home Alone. It's gonna be like, thir- it's gonna be like thirty-five. I might, I might put on. 14. I might put on Home Alone or Charlie Brown by halftime. Depends on how the game goes and how football fatigued I am by 8 o'clock tomorrow night. <laughs> but I'll pick the Chiefs to win the game, even their favorite, minus 5.5. I'll pick the Chiefs to win the game by the final score of 25-17. to 17. I think it's going to be 35-14, Jai. And the Monday night <laughs> game, the season finale of the 50th anniversary Jeez. season of Monday night football is between the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, yes. Vikings, Vikings favorite minus four and a half at home going up against Green Bay. Yeah. I will pick Aaron Rodgers and that bad man to beat Kirk Cousins and the Vikings by a final score of 23 to 20. I think it's going to be a 24-27 game, and it's going to go in the way of the Minnesota Vikings. You do? Yeah. I, I, that hasn't changed. <laughs> All right. Well, it's 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 to be seen. Well, that's our week sixteen picks for the week sixteen of National Football League. I want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Amateur Podcast. Brendan, thanks for joining me, pal. You're welcome. Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you. And Jay. Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah to all of our of the listeners of this uh, nice little podcast. Please have a safe blessed and enjoyable holidays. Spend as much time as your friends and family as possible because you're never guaranteed another holiday season. Uh, Live your life to the fullest. God bless. Thanks for listening. Enjoy week 16 of the National Football League, everybody. Merry Christmas. Talk to you next week. See ya.